What's happening, everyone? And welcome to another episode of Unparalleled Sports Talk with Joe's Kwame Fisher-Jones. And as always, I am him. And it's Thursday, so that means I'm blessed and have the opportunity to be joined by my man, beat writer for NJ.com. Covers the Philadelphia Eagles, one of the best teams in the NFL and one of the best writers. Covering the NFL, Chris Franklin. What's going on, Chris? Hey, what's going on, man? Thanks for having me on, man. How you doing? Uh, I, you know, I'm doing better than apparently the rest of the NFL is. Because the 49ers won the Super Bowl. So we we don't even need to we they won the Super Bowl last Sunday, so we don't even need to continue with the rest of the season. I mean, before we get into the, the actual nook and cranny of the game and, and, and focus on next week and focus on this upcoming week, I gotta ask you, is it me or are they singing the praises of the 49ers a bit too damn loud? Like is, is, are we I mean, is it a bit much or is it just me? If you go off the conspiracy theories, everybody's rolling about about the logo showing it. It's just going by the script. But I think when you look for a real thing, it's I think a lot of people. I think everybody just wants to see the the third the the, the trilogy between the Eagles and the Forty Niners. Because I think it's one of those things where I think when you get a team that you don't want a team that's too dominant because it also came boring. And this loss actually I think kind of made things interesting so that you can probably have Forty Niners be have an avenue in there. I think, you know, and when you look at this team, you know, everybody loves the underdog story. They're comparing Purdy to Tom Brady. They have, you know, they, they have the guns with Debo. They, they have a type of, there's an attitude about them. And I think some people like it as well, too, and makes things interesting for the league. So, because if they had the Eagles, you know, they're more reserved and there's not that, there's not too many brash things. So they're looking at, I think a lot of people look at the opportunity to mix things up when, when it comes to that. You know, it, it's funny you say that the Eagles are reserved and they don't have a lot of brash because I, I AJ Brown's got a little brash to him. Yeah. Devontae Smith's got a little. You know, they don't do a lot of talking in the media, but then again, they don't have to because they don't play on the left out left coast. You know, I, I'm out here, I live out here, and one of the things that I, I learned is that the news cycle is run by the East Coast and more specifically the Eastern Time Zone. So if you want to make the Eastern time zone, you got it. And you're on the West Coast. You have to do a little bit more. You got to talk a little louder. You got to stick your chest out. So I, I don't believe that, that the 49ers have any more bop to them. I just think that they spend a lot more time talking about themselves. When we went into this game, I thought the Eagles would lose. You're an athlete. I'm an athlete. Obviously, we're not on the professional ranks didn't get anywhere near the professional ranks. I think you may have been able to see it from your when your playing days. For me, I I, I could, wasn't even allowed to see it. I wasn't that good of an athlete. But I am a guy that takes care of his body, much like you do. And the wow. one thing we know is fatigue. Like, we know when our bodies are tired. And we can push through it mentally, but physically, when you don't have it, you just don't have it. From where you sat, did it look like the 49ers were that dominant? They were 30, what was it, 23 points? Uh, it was a 23 points better than the Eagles? Or was this just a Philadelphia Eagles team that was, was fatigued? I think they just got shell-shocked. I think when they – I think it was one of those things where they got – because when you look at the way they started out that game and they went down for the first two drives and they methodically went down there and they didn't get those touchdowns. They set up with field goals. And then the 49ers came and they hit a couple of those the third and longs and those was back breaking uh drives and they had a third they had a third uh they had a third uh, they got off the field they thought one third down and then it was an all size call which <laughs> asked me about that later I, I'm still trying to figure out where that was last but yeah that, that happened and then that, once that happened it, set, it seemed like 
the 49ers kept rolling and it sapped all the energy out. And I think by the time when they ended half and they looked around, I was like, what just happened? And they never were able to recover like they normally do because obviously this is a better team. So I think it was more of those things where I think they were just shocked at what transpired within like a 20 to 30 minute span as opposed to they were tired. They're tired, yeah, they're banged up. I mean, it's a grueling, it's a grueling stretch they're in the middle of, but I don't think it's one of those things where they're, it's one of those things that this tire and if anything you should be motivated by trying to get that one seat overall so you get that bye week so they don't have to play after week 17 gets some justice the final game the season finale yeah that's why i said you know your body your mind is willing but your body isn't I, it wasn't just a tough stretch that the eagles had it, it and it wasn't just the close games you combine all of those things with the 49ers team this was their super bowl this was their you know this was the game that they had circled on the calendar since the moment they walked out of the link last year. This was the game that they wanted more than anything. The league blessed them with not only just an extra day, but keep in mind, they got to play a divisional opponent on Thanksgiving that is less than a two-hour flight. So they not only didn't have to prepare that – I don't want to say they didn't have to prepare that much for the Seahawks – but they could devote a little bit more resources to scouting the Eagles, putting it together. The only detriment, the only difficult thing they had was the fact that they were coming west to east, which I'll, I'll, stand, I'll stand on that. It's harder than going east to west. But everything lined up for them, and the Eagles had to go up against a team that wanted to play them, that wanted everything, wanted, I guess with the young kids, they wanted all the smoke. It just seems like it all lined up perfectly for them. And I think this is a, a gift for the Eagles. Now, it could be a gift. It could be a curse. But the Cowboys, it lines up perfectly for the Cowboys, too. And I think the Eagles have been looking towards the Cowboys for about two weeks now. After that Kansas City game, I think they've been looking, kind of keeping an eye on Dallas because they want to win. And I mean, you cover the team, so correct me if I'm wrong. They talk about winning the NFC East first. Am I correct on that one? So if you ask, oh, it's one day at a time, one practice again, getting 1% better. <laughs> what do you call that? But, yeah, yeah. That's a, they, they have to think on their checklist. They, I mean, they, before the season, they always have a checklist that they – that Sirianni and the rest of the coaching staff and the organization puts out there what they want to do. And one of the things is winning the East because they know it helps them on their way to winning the one seed. So, yeah, they do that. I think it's more – when I look at this team, I don't think it's so much for – I think this loss is actually good for them. And it's actually mm. refocuses them. And the fact that we hear A.J. Brown going – yeah, we'll see you come out with a different type of emotion next week. I think it's one of the things where I just thought, I, th- I think it was more, not like I say, like it's more for fatigue. I think it's also, I think it's mentally draining as well, too, trying to get up for all these teams left, right. And I think the difference you see between the, Eagle, the Eagles and the 49ers was that when the Eagles had a chance to play their rematch, they didn't take it as, oh my goodness, we have to take it back. They just look at it as, okay, it's the 49ers, finest team. There was a different, uh, a different version of it. When you look at the 49ers, you're looking at this single season and go, oh, yes, we have to win. We have to win this. We're going to assert we did this a lot. And they hype themselves up for it. it was, it's a weird dichotomy for it. But I, I, I don't foresee them. I, didn't see, I don't think they were looking ahead for this one. I, I still think they got punched in the mouth. And they were like, what happened is one of those things. Yeah. It's, it's, it's use the word dynamic dichotomy, and I agree with you. It, going forward, I agree with you also that this is this will be a gift for them. That Cowboys game, and you know, you know how I feel about the Cowgirls. I picked them to go to the Super Bowl <laughs> mainly because mostly because I just didn't want to pick the Eagles, and they were the first team in the NFC that I thought would have a legitimate shot to be there. This is a game that 
This this is a huge game. Back to back with Seattle. This is the Eagles season in a nutshell. Not so much just winning, but they've got to right the ship on a lot of things. They've got to get there. They were so out of whack last week with they were so out of whack last week with their run to pass ratio. And that that when you go back to when they played Kansas City, it was they were in line with that. When you go to the Bills game, like to put it in perspective, against the Jets, they were 268 passing yards, 80 rushing yards. They lost that game. Then they played Miami. It was still a little, it was still out of whack, 256 to 99. They played Washington, 315 to 59. When they need to get things in order, when the game is nip and tuck, they always can go back to the run, which they did with Dallas and Kansas City. They've got to do that, man. They have to, that balance has to be there. And I don't, I hate the word balance because I think it's like overused. I, I always believe that it, you, you know, you, you overflow on one and you underflow on the other, but they have to get those numbers even killed. Last week, they only rushed for 40, so you already know, only rushed 46 yards. That's going to be a wake up call for them going into Dallas. They're going to control that line of scrimmage on both sides. We can just go ahead and transition and look forward to the game. I expect it to be a game that score-wise will be close, but I think the Eagles are going to control this game from top to bottom. They're going to have that Jalen Hurts, laser-like Michael Jordan. I took that personal focus. We'll see. We'll, we'll see the Philadelphia Eagles team that went into went into that started the season that you know went started the season on a five five game winning streak. Oddly enough, lost the game at home. Now they got another five-game winning streak. <laughs> then they go on another, you know, or they lose they lose on the road. Then they can go on another five-game losing streak, lose again. So I, I believe we'll see this. I will see that streak go again. What are your thoughts going into this Cowgirls game? Well, I see two. I think two things. One, excuse me, it's not so much uh, how they run a the ball; it's just it's changing up the looks that they're seeing because the way teams are looking at them now, they're starting to figure out this RPR, the run pass mm-hmm. run run a little bit. Yeah, more. you're right. I, I miss I miss the time when they started running the pistol so much. When they had the pistol or they had they or they had hurts on their center, it really makes teams focus on like, hey, you know what, it's a legit run look. And then they walk up to safety. I think that opens up so much stuff in the play action pass, especially against Deron Bland, we saw what Metcalf did, did to him. I think AJ Brown did the same thing if you set up the run so they run the play action off of that. The thing that has me concerned is even though he's going to play is Darius Slay's knee? He's going to play the game, and I talked to him today, and he, he's going to be give it. He's going to be a go. But how the Cowboys deploy CD Lamb? Because when Slay was on him last the last game, he only he had yeah, I believe it was four catches for forty-two yards or six catches for forty-two yards, something like that. When everybody else was so on him, he that's when he started to go off. He had one hundred twenty-seven yards against every other defender on the Eagles. And I look at it now, he slays less than 100%. And that's when he was good. If he's less than 100% <laughs> and they move him around, it has me concerned. I actually picked the Cowboys to win this game 34-31. Also, doesn't help that the Eagles ever won last time five, in the last five games of ATT Stadium. I don't know what it is. I don't know if they can walk around the stadium with sage around it. I don't know if they have to change the pregame meal. And they got to bring some food, food from their cafeteria down there with them to get used to it, what have you. But it, I look at it as something concerned. I think we're walking out when we're – when, when everything's said and done, we're looking at a tie NFC East. I don't think the Cowboys still win a division because I look at the Eagles schedule versus the Cowboys, but I think when all is said and done, it will, it's going to be so concerning in Philadelphia. Now, you mentioned the win streak, and I want to get to that, but you mentioned CeeDee Lamb. I want to I jump into that first. 
They've got, Darius Slay should not be covering CeeDee Lamb in the slot. They're, the way the rules are set up in the NFL today, there's no cornerback. There's no, you know, there's no way for you to defend a shifty, skilled, route-running wide receiver in the slot. And that's what CeeDee Lamb is. I, he, I don't think he's a great outside wide receiver, but I think when he's in the middle of the field, he, he works like a maestro. He, you know, I, I was trying to think of somebody he reminds me a lot of in the middle of the field. And I can't think of anybody that comes to mind because I don't believe he's as good as Wes Walker, but he's almost as efficient of a route runner. If I, if I'm saying that correctly, mm-hmm. as Walker. So you could throw that in there. No, go ahead. What were you going to say? I'll say Jarvis Landry. When Jarvis Landry was really on and he was okay. in that slot area, he kind of reminds me of that. Like, I think he's better than Jarvis Landry, but the way he's yeah. the, the route technician, but like that's what Landry was. He could really run any route there and set everybody up in the middle. I, I think he was that good. But that's that's who he reminds me of in, in, in that aspect. And so what I would suggest, and this is going to sound so barbaric, it's going to sound like so, so old school, but perhaps you take a shot on it. And not, not nothing dirty, nothing dirty, don't, you know, but a little old, old word, old phrase I used to use called jailhouse rules. The Eagles just signed a linebacker, Shaquille Leonard, and, and I'd like you to kind of talk about what type of player he is at this stage of the career. I know what he used to be, what he is now. But perhaps you bring a guy in, and instead of having Darius Slay try to cover him, because he's not going to – like you said, when he was good, he couldn't cover him. There's no way he does it now. When he catches the ball, you know, you, you hit a Wes Hopkins, Andre Waters, 1992 hit on him. You just lay him out good. Now, I'm serious because at that point, usually guys like C.D. Lamb, it's not that they get scared, but if they get hit through the course of a game, by the fourth quarter, the routes aren't as crisp. By the fourth quarter, they start, you know, instead of going nine yards, they go eight and change. You know, in the fourth quarter, you start seeing guys like for who, for what type reaches where they don't extend their arms all the way. Instead of trying to fight for that extra yard, they get down. That's, you know, you saw that with um, Pacheco in Kansas City when they played Kansas City. And they didn't do anything dirty, but it's that that old school full hit. Even though he's getting down, you dive on the ground, you dig your elbow in, you just go a little harder. And I'm hoping that's why they signed a guy that was a good coverage linebacker in Shaquille Leonard. Is that is that hope a... Uh, you know, I always say hope's not a plan, but is that assertion correct? Do you see something different there? I think especially – I think they'll try to work them in early on their early downs. I don't know if he can – at this point, as of right now, I don't know if I'd put him in that one. If I said, what you're explaining, you sound like a uh, same pro coach that, that used to coach me saying, you know what, take a 15-yard penalty early just to get him thinking about that, like like to get a personal foul and not like not the quarterback yeah. and doing that to see Lamb. <laughs> so I was like, wow. Yeah. Man, flash and you know what? Don't even don't even. It's not take the fifteen. Don't worry about the fifteen. You know, it's don't don't go out there trying to get fifteen yards. But if you get it, don't let that be in your mind. Don't worry about it. Take the Cowboys are a team, and I don't have the number in front of me, but I know they pass a lot on rundowns. They pass a lot on second downs, and Dak looks for CD, especially early in games, and especially when he needs a guy to make a play. Sometimes he'll take a chance with it. If you get in this, because you're not going to, I don't say you're not going to rattle Dak, but there's no sense in trying to rattle him. But if you bounce CD around a little bit, he is a smaller guy, but he's also a route running receiver, which means those guys aren't 
I don't say because they're professional football players, so they're all tough. So it's relatively speaking. But they're not big tackle-breaking, physical Terrell Owens-type players. You know what I mean? Just a yeah. couple good hits. Just a couple good hits. Bend him around early, especially when he especially when he runs around in the middle of the field. He shouldn't – for everything that's on the line for the Eagles, and you pick them to lose. I'm picking them to win. And I'm picking them to win fairly – now I don't I don't do scores. You do scores so much better than me. Um, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you do no, you do you you because you put so much more thought into the scores. I just like though you know I expect them to score X amount of points a quarter. I'm expecting the Eagles to win by four or more. Put it that way. See, I got 34, 31. I think I think the count. This is only a high scoring game. It's really, it's really one of the games where like you if you're watching from the outside, it's great to watch because it's going to be entertaining. Balls be moving up and down the field, in my opinion. Problem's going to be, are you really going to? Uh, who's going to have the? Who, who do you trust to make a stop on late when you're getting later in the game? Who do you trust to make a stop on third down? And right now, I mean, both teams are, and, and also in the red zone, both teams are are, are not great in the, in the red zone defense, but especially the Eagles. I mean, we've seen how many times have we seen third and eleven, third and twelve, and next thing you know, whoop, first down, or it's it's. I, I just look at that third down defense, and, and I think that's something that that's going to be exploited again. It's, I don't know if Charter side needs to talk to Vic Vangio, get him on the phone real quick again, and go, "Hey, Vic, uh, what have you been doing down there in Miami, or something like that, or you got any? Yeah, you know, to help out." But yeah, it's it's, oh. it, you know, <laughs> it's it, um, I understand what you're saying, but I also want to just remind you of something: Eagles have won ten games this year. And they beat some of the top teams in the NFL. And I know you know that, but I want you to keep that in mind because when I say that, it's they have a lot of warts. We don't, I'm not part of the Cowboys day to day. So I don't know, you know, if what, what their warts are, you know, but I know that the Eagles have managed to play through those warts. So I've got no reason to believe that all of a sudden they're going to stop them from winning. The 49ers played a more physical game. They were more prepared. They were ready to go. We haven't said that about the Eagles maybe once this season, and they managed to win that game. Yeah. So I, I don't have any – look, I'm going to just put it to you like this, and, and I'll give you the final word on it. The team that I've watched all season, last year and this year, has been consistent on one thing. When it's time to focus and knuckle up, they do that. So I got no reason to believe they won't now. So as you pick them to leave, what's one thing you mentioned the third down? What's one more thing that the average football fan should look for from a your astute mind that could decide this game? Well, I think also when you look at uh, it, it kind of goes hand in hand that first downs. When you look at how many yards this team gives up on early on, early on in this, I think early on in the game or in, in the downs, it's been bad. I mean, you look at that it, it's like they're getting last, especially last week. Niners were getting seven, eight yards on first down, putting open up the playbook on second and third downs. You were able to do that. So that's another one. And I think when you look at this, it's going to be the turnovers. I mean, mm-hmm. I know it's like it's, 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 it's like, hey, whoever creates has the fewest amount of turnovers to do that. But we've seen Bland. You've seen he's able to jump routes and he's done a good job doing that. Take advantage of his aggression. Dude, I, the, the, the Eagles have run a couple of so times. They haven't been able to execute it a lot. But the last. There's been in each of the last three or four games, they've run this post, this skinny post or a slant and go that's been open every time, but something's happened. Either Hurts is under pressure, he's scrambling, he's sacked, what have you. It's there, especially with the way 
Land likes to jump routes. Watch that. If you can get, if you can prevent him from, if you can stop prevent a bad throw in his direction, that we've seen him return for a touchdown. That keeps points on the board. And then also we've seen him working a lot these last couple, especially today, forcing turnovers, forcing the fumbles. I think it's possible to do that, and it's tough to do. I know it's terrible, but the turnover <laughs> battle. If, if the Eagles are plus, if the Eagles finish plus, even plus one, the Eagles finish plus one in a turnover battle, they have a better shot. I really believe that. But I, I, I don't know how to do it. They're having trouble creating turnovers lately, so it's it's tough. I want to go extremes on one side. I'm going to go extreme on both sides. First extreme is going to be negative. Who's in more trouble this year? If they're te- Well, obviously, one team's not going to make the playoffs, but who's in more trouble this year at the end of the season, Mac Jones or Geno Smith? Oh, Mac Jones. Oh, Mac Jones is done pretty much anyway. <laughs> I, think, I think he's done. He's Yeah, yeah Mac Jones. Yeah, because I think uh, there may be a coaching change still in New England, even though mutual parting of ways or whatever. Even though Belichick reportedly signed extension, I think they might be a move on. And yeah, Mac Jones just just I want to say it was Sean McCoy what he said about Dak. Mac, I feel the same way about uh Mac Jones. I look at him every time I see it. <laughs> <laughs> it rhymes almost nearly too. So yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm actually going to go the opposite. I'm going to go Geno Smith. Wow. Right now the Seahawks sit uh, ninth in the conference. They more than likely are not going to make the playoffs. And there's an outside chance, although it's very slim, still an outside chance that the Rams will. The Seahawks have a pretty good roster. I think you would agree with me on that. Yes. The only thing that's holding them back is a quarterback. And you don't need – they're not looking for a guy to be a top 10 player. I mean, we we hear how great Justin Herbert is and – the Chargers are always perennially have since he, since under his tutelage have been at best a 500 team. So I look at the Seahawks and I see Pete Carroll as a guy that I mean, well, he I think he's in his 70s now. Yeah, he ain't gonna yeah. be around much longer. So he's not trying to develop a young quarterback. We don't know who's gonna be on the market. I know Kirk Cousins' name has been floated around a lot as a guy that may possibly be on the market at the end of the year. I wouldn't be surprised if they're going that way. And when you look at statistics, you look at the history of what Pete Carroll's done at that quarterback position since he's been in Seattle. I think Russell Wilson was the only quarterback he drafted that he actually played. Yep. Uh, yep. I believe everyone else has been a free agent, free agent signing that hasn't worked out. You can add Geno to the to the to the litter. That's what they do in Seattle. I just think Geno's in a lot of trouble, and I don't think it's going to change. Matt Jones. Mac Jones may come. Mac Jones is going to be a product of well, who else, who are we going to replace him with? Who we got? If we're not going, to, if they do have a coaching change, they're going to need to rebuild. If they're going to need to rebuild, they're going to want to bring in their own guy. They're not going to get. They're not going to get Caleb Williams right now. But I'm not. I don't think the Patriots are on the list of teams he wants to go to, especially when you don't know who the head coach is. Right. So now you got to tank for another season. So I, I think Mac's going to stay another year. I think he'll he'll last another. You know, you know who look, seems, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, you know who seems like the quintessential draft pick for the, the Patriots take Bo Nix? He just seems like the quintessential Patriots guy. Like, look, look at uh, IE, look at uh, Mac Jones. It just, it just feels yeah. like he was on there because they had Malik Cunningham. They could have used him, and nope, we're not using him. So I think Penix is out. I, I, see, I, I, I think Penix, I don't think Penix goes there. So. Yes, I think that's a Bo Nix area for them. Hold your nose. <laughs> I really like I really like Penix. So a few years ago, you're gonna laugh when I tell you a few years ago, 
I keep hearing about this guy, Clemson, and I'm like, I just don't see it. I just don't see the special. And he was going to be the greatest quarterback. He checked all the boxes, Chris. And I called him. I said, what am I missing on Trevor Lawrence? Oh, no, he's good. He's going to be great. He's going to be marvelous. He's going to be, oh, he's going to be amazing. Fast forward. <laughs> exactly. He's been, well, I thought he's been okay. I don't see the Trevor. I never saw the Trevor Lawrence. Chris, I don't know if I'm Bo Nix. I think Bo Nix is going to be awful in the NFL. I think he's going to be awful. I don't see the Patriots going that way. I love Phoenix. I hate to say his name, but I love Phoenix. Um, pause. But, pause. It, you know. <laughs> No way New England goes. No way New England goes there. They, if they, but you, I mean, we both know this. When you bring in a new regime, they really want to bring in their own guys. Right. They're not going to have an opportunity to do that. And who wants to be the guy that follows Howard Stern? Who wants to be the guy that follows Colin Cowherd? Like, who wants to be? Who wants to be the guy that follows Phil Jackson? Like, you're following arguably one of the greatest coaches in modern day sport. You, the last thing you want to do is bring in, you know, your Vinny Testaverde. Like the last thing you want to do <laughs> is bring in your guy and that guy be awful. If you're going to be awful for the first year, you want to be awful with that guy's guys. You want the point so you can say we can bring our own guys in, you know? So I yeah. definitely, definitely. But we could both be wrong and they keep Belichick. I, I think they should. You know, obviously we talked about that before. You know, let's talk about that. Let's kick the tires on that a little bit. We've got, we got five games left in the season for the Patriots. They got they're playing tonight, so make that four. Do you think Belichick's going at the end of the year? If they don't, I think if they lose out, I think so. I, I know, I know. Uh, I think if they lose out, they that they're he's five going. lose out. They're five uh, game, five game losing streak. So you think they're going to go to ten, almost ten games? You think they'll lose ten games in a row? The only one I think they can win is the Jets game at the end of the season because I look. I'm just thinking about that. If if, if they if they hold on against the Steelers, okay, it breaks that up. But I look. That schedule, you got the Chiefs followed by the Broncos. Follow you, you got the Chiefs at home, so they're the Chiefs up at uh. I know the Chiefs are sputtering, but Chiefs are definitely a better team. Than they're not that bad. <laughs> they're not sputtering that bad. Yeah, that bad. They ain't that bad. Nah. And then they have to go. The Patriots will go to the road to Denver, which everybody knows has tougher to play, and they're they're fighting for some. To the Bills, unless the Bills fire McDermott for that asinine statement that he made. Uh, and, and I always I think that's it's very curious that that came out now when they're losing as like to use it as grounds for dismissal, but that's a whole other story. And then they ho- they're home against the Jets. I think the Jets the Jets win is the one. I think they break the break it up there if they don't win tonight. They don't want to win on Thursday night, but I think it's 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 one of the things. Where, it won't be a fire. It'll be a you know we mutually parted ways. We we respect our the great one that we he think is the greatest coach <laughs> of all time and all that stuff. That's what I think how it goes on there. But it's it's wow. rough to turn that around. I know everybody gets one season, but that's what this has been a steady decline lately. And it's rough. Well, he lost the greatest quarterback. Now, who the hell am I to make an argument for a guy whose resume of Bill Belichick? Like, you know. But I just think people need to really fully grasp how great Tom Brady was. And you look throughout sports, like the Los Angeles Kings were the were one of the worst hockey teams in the in the league when Wayne Gretzky left. And it wasn't like they were winning titles before him, but they were worse when Gretzky. You know, the Bulls when Jordan walked off the court, uh, the Lakers when Kobe was when Kobe retired when Kobe eventually retired, 
You know, if LeBron James was walking that door, we still don't know what they've got going on. And they had good players. When you lose iconic players that are the arguably the best ever, and I don't think it's an argument with Brady, and I'm an Elway guy, will always be an Elway guy. Elway and, and Randall Cunningham, but I know Randall's not in there. I, I, I can I can swallow that one. You just can't discount that, man. And Belichick didn't forget how to coach. He was never a great talent evaluator. It doesn't help that every assistant coach he has fails miserably and everyone hates them. Mm-hmm. No. You, but you make valid points. You make valid points. If I got to make a decision right now, I think you're right. I think he's done at the end of the year. I think he's done. And how fitting of it would it, would it be that he beats the Jets, gives them three wins, thus putting them out of the top three, puts them in third, because right now you got Arizona, Carolina may never win another game in life, let alone this yeah. season. So they're one and they'll be one in 16, but their pick goes to Chicago, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And Chicago, I don't think Caleb goes to Chicago anyway. Yeah. So, and do you draft a guy like who do you, if you got Justin Fields, what are you doing? Chicago's bad at quarterbacking. So, I, I, I yeah. So they could still wind up with a quarterback, but geez, man. <laughs> who wants to go to New England to play quarterback for question mark coach like roster coach I don't know if you remember remember NBA Live back in the day on uh who was it on PlayStation and they didn't they didn't pay the money to certain players so it would just be roster center and it would really be Hakeem Olajuwon or Shaq but it, it's gonna be roster coach. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's gonna be roster coach so I want to get you out on this. I'm looking at a playoff lineup right now. Eagles are number one. But I want to jump to the AFC. I've got Miami, Baltimore, and Kansas City. Jacksonville just had an injury that they're lying about. I think it's much more significant than what they're letting on. But that's a story for another day. Dolphins, Ravens, Chiefs. Who's coming out of the AFC out of those three? See, if, if the Ravens have Mark Andrews, I, I, and, and Lamar Lamar is balling this year. If they had Mark Andrews, I think it's them. And that's why I think I'm shocked that they came out and said they didn't want Zach Ertz. I think that was the perfect fit for them, and they really would take – I think they're a Super Bowl team. I just look at the potential of I, – I, I'm not sold on this Dolphins team. I'm not. I know their defense is playing a lot better as of late, but I also mm-hmm. look at their offense. I think key teams are figuring it out. I mean, they got the Cheetahs doing well, and two of that much. I, I've yet to see – I don't know. I, mean, I, I don't, I'm not sold on the Dolphins. I think it's still the Chiefs. I look at the way that they, they, they still don't have outside receivers, but they, that deep, like for so many years, we've seen the Chiefs offense be the one that carries them. I think their defense is the one that carries them. And Pat Mahomes, you can never count him out for that. So I look when they're all said and done, I think the Chiefs are able, if they, say right now, if everything held, the Chiefs have the three, so I think they can go into Baltimore and beat them. And I think they go down to Miami and beat them. I think they can do that. I think they match up decently enough that they can stop it that way, too. And Mahomes against that Dolphins defense, I think they have enough, just enough to get by on that one, too. But I think it's, it's, it's rough. It's going to be fun to watch in that conference. I just got a text from a guy named Mills Lane, and he said he's already counting the Chiefs out. Just want to let you know. I don't know if you know Mills Lane. <laughs> but I got a text from Mills Lane. <laughs> he said he, he's counting the Chiefs out. I, I don't know. The Chiefs are done. Um, 
Andy Reid is hurting. Andy Reid is being Andy Reid. Andy Reid is doing Andy Reid-like things. <laughs> it's killing the Chiefs. The lack of wide receiver play, the failure to make adjustments, the clock. That's so Andy Reid. Love Andy Reid to life. That is so Andy Reid. That this is going to be here and haunts him. And you drop the gem, and we'll stay with it until I actually wanted to do a show about it. Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy, you know, re- replacing Eric Bieniemy, killing him right now, killing him. Early in the season, pick the Steelers. Wrong AFC North team. I have left the Steelers bandwagon. I am no longer on it at all. I am now riding on the Baltimore Ravens bandwagon. So I got the right division, but I got the wrong team. Ravens are coming out. The Ravens are going to come out, and uh, they're going to be tough to beat in the Super Bowl. But the Ravens have looked like a Super Bowl team all year long. They've only lost one game on the road. You look at whether it be the Dolphins or the Chiefs, both both have lost multiple games on the road. The Chiefs have won by the hair on their chinny-chin-chin, essentially Patrick Mahomes' greatness. The Ravens have won in a multitude of ways, whether it's been Lamar, their defense, guys making plays. He's Odell Beckham made a play not too long ago. You know, they, the Chiefs have just been consistent throughout. They went in their conference. They went out of their conference. They don't allow a lot of points. They don't allow many big plays. The Dolphins, as great as Tariq Hill's been, and he should be the MVP of the league this year, I believe. And we'll, we'll say that for next show. The Ravens have been a complete Super Bowl team from start to finish. Much like that team in Philly, you know, them, them dirty birds. But we'll say that for another day. So I, I got the Ravens. I, did not, I just wanted to get that on record because we're coming down the final stretch here. And next week when I talk to you, you know, this this thing could look completely different. I know the Chiefs have got the Bills. I don't know who the Ravens have. I know the Dolphins don't have a tough schedule coming out. And another thing is, the Dolphins are in trouble if they don't get if they don't play at home. They're undefeated at home, but the, I, I want to say they're barely five hundred or five hundred on away. And every city except for Jacksonville is like nipple crunching cold during the playoff season. <laughs> Whether it's Baltimore, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, Cleveland. I mean, even though it's indoors, Indianapolis, it's still cold. You know, and then you go a little further. God forbid they gotta play a team because once it once it gets once it gets all convoluted, you're not the number one seed. Now you've got division wins and all those things play a factor in it. Although they should win their division easily. But you get the gist of what I'm saying. Yeah. They gotta go on the road. It, it could be tough for them. Yeah, yeah, I, and especially with the what the type of ball that they play, it, 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 and also look at the run, I look at the run game. You need a good run game when you get into the playoffs because team the, the refs let a lot more go in terms of legal contact, a little defensive holding, and stuff like that. Is so it's, it's not as tightly called as it is in the regular season, and they don't. Be, and I think Miami benefits from that. I, so the, the Miami hasn't shown it to me at least anyway that they don't have a consistent run game to rely on. So. They need to be home. They need teams to feel they need to be they need to be home. They need to be like seventy four and humid and everything else to zap teams. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> they need that back sweat humidity. Next week we're going to talk MVP. So everybody get ready for Chris Franklin's MVP picks. I'm giving him a seven day head start for him to come up with another great, <laughs> great MVP pick for Chris Franklin. I'm Kwame Fisher Jones. This is the Unparalleled Sports Talk Podcast. And remember, if you like the podcast, like the podcast, share the podcast, comment, subscribe, whatever your podcast platform allows you to do. That's it for this week's episode. As always, we appreciate your time of year. You be easy.